Welcome to the 42nd meeting of Junto Club. On this episode, we're all over the place. I sing, we talk about what it means to live in a fair world, we talk about the NBA Finals and how literally contributing even more background noise to the world can help you make money. AI is becoming more and more artistic and creative, and I'm trying to just keep up. For any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. Junto Club. All right, welcome to meeting 42 of the Junto Club. The Junto Club is based on the original Junto Club by Benjamin Franklin, which in the early part of the 1700s saw Benjamin, along with some of his friends, discuss things like philosophy, politics, and the news of the day in a means or in an attempt to improve themselves and learn about themselves and the world around them. So we, uh, Matt, Shu, and Mike, I guess, take up that legacy and try to improve ourselves by talking about things that interest us. So today is probably going to be an eclectic mix of uh, different things because we haven't talked in like six weeks. Um, but the main topic or our main discussion point was supposed to be about music and singing and because uh, I've been trying to figure out how I can be good at it and failing. So uh, we start every episode with a quote. So shoo, take it away. Okay, why don't we start with you, uh, Tucson singing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's all right. Give I, us a taste. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I honestly, I'm just terrible. Like, I, I like, I mean, so I don't want to get too far, too much into the main topic, but like, I, so. I think my biggest issue was, so the purpose of me singing, I can say, is for improv, right? So it's not just like singing a song like you hear on the radio or trying to mirror that, but it's singing like you're actually inventing lyrics, uh, uh, like to go along with music that is being played about something that is like essentially happening in real time. So I feel like that for me makes it very very difficult like it like it requires too much like cognitive control to like change my voice the appropriate way like in the moment just because i never grew up singing or anything give me a give you give us an example i don't know what you're talking about well like i like i mean so the scene will be going on and you know like i don't know i don't know so uh the scene may be about like you know, like we're employees at Denny's and, you know, and basically the, uh, you'll be talking about like, oh, like we, you know, we need to, uh, like come up with a new slogan for Denny's and like, you'll say, oh, our slogan should just be one, two, three grand slam. Mm. Like, and then the MC or the person running the show will say, that sounds like a song to me. Mm. And then you need to like, Sing. Yeah, you, you need to sing about like one, two, three, grand slam. So, mm, so do you, so do you need to like make a create your own song kind of thing? Like exactly. On the fly? Yes, exactly. So just because of the prompt, right? The prompt kind of thing. 
Exactly. Yeah. So that, you know, so basically you'll say something and the, the MC will can be like, Oh, that sounds like a song and you need to like sing or in some games rap. So, mm. so, and right. you know, so, and there's a musician at the theater who will, you know, drop a beat if it's a rap or, you know, begin to sing or, or rather begin to play, you know, like a guitar or a keyboard and you need to follow along with the music doing that. So. Mm. Okay. Can you need to do oh say can you see? Oh say can you see? Oh wow, that's that's, that's yeah. actually you you have a very good big voice. That's very good actually. Yeah, well that's what I but I can't do like I can't do it like in the mo like I can sing when I'm singing a song, but I can't sing like inventing just... it. <laughs> so oh, okay. So it's still like a newer skill for you, right? Yeah. So, right. so like you have to think about it, but like improv, you always have to be, you got to be able to focus on like coming up with the creative line. That's funny. So you got to get your singing to the point where you can do it kind of naturally without thinking really. Right. Exactly. Like there are a couple of people at the theater who are legitimate musicians and it's like, it's, 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 it's or it, it seems as though it's as easy for them to sing as it is, as them like to talk essentially. Like, so they're very good at like, Like, it's amazing how they can come up with lyrics like that. Like, I can come up with witty things to say, but it's like they can be creative with, like, what they say through song. Mm. So. Mm. I mean, how is that? You just, like, if you come out witty lines, right? Say, oh, you're fucking stupid, stuff like that. Can you just make it into songs like that? Well, yes, but it's so, it's, so I liken it to, because I was always terrible at language, right? Like, or, like, other languages, Because it was like, in many ways, I prepped what I wanted to say in English. And then I would try to translate it into Spanish or what, you know, I mean, Spanish is the one I studied by far the most. But like, you know, and it was like, the process. So when you're have like, when you're sort of writing, I could write in other languages, because, okay, I can do that. Like, I can come up with what I'm going to say in English, and then just translate it, basically. But when you're having a conversation, that's a lot of caught, like the amount of cognitive, like think, uh, you know, the amount of thinking that takes, like, uh, I mean, if you liken it to a computer, you need a lot of Ram to do that. Right. Like you need, I mean, you need to like come up with what you're going to say. And normally you just express it, but like the cost of like that translation makes it like, makes you really slow. So All right, all right, cool. Oh, we'll talk about later about that. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Do you have a quote, or was that in place of a? Or are we? Are yeah. We, okay. Oh yeah, that's right. I see. Oh, you do. So. The, uh, today's quote is from. I, I'm not sure where I got it from anymore. So, the quote is: "Fairness is not always about treating every system the same." End quote. Every system, not every person the same? Uh, same thing, I guess. Same idea. Like, all person, yeah. Mm. But this sounds like commie propaganda to me. That's what A what propaganda? Commie. Commie, why? <laughs> you know, it seems like a, opposed to the American ideal. Oh, really? <laughs> of, you know, meritocracy and, you know, you treat everyone the same and, you know, just boom. Mm. No, this is, I mean, like, this is... I'm, you know, half kidding here. Um, it's kind of, I mean, this is kind of like an idea of like, you know, 
I mean, this is kind of like the fun of my idea of like, you know, doing a bunch of stuff to like help people with disabilities have greater access and like society, right? Like you don't just put a stairs and say, well, everyone can or, you know, there's stairs that everyone can use, right? You say, well, you put a ramp so someone who can't use stairs can still get into like the building, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think this is a pretty well, I mean, it's an idea that's, you know, fairly popular. Um, Okay. Obviously you can kind of take it to an extreme, right? But I think at least on like a basic level, most people would agree with it. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's pretty fair. What about you, Mike? No, I mean, I agree with Matt. It's sort of, you know, I mean, taxes, like we have the like graded tax system, you know, cause it's like, I mean, a lot of people say like, oh, just, you know, fair taxes is everyone pays 20% or whatever. But it's like, if you're making $20,000, like, you know, you can't afford 20%. Whereas, you know, if like money over, you know, a million dollars, it might make sense that you can. So mm-hmm. like, so yeah. So you like rich, you, you, you like taxing the rich? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I I like uh, <laughs> Mike is uh you know he's reluctantly admits taxing himself is the right thing to do. <laughs> I, I I I did so I said over a million dollars. You've been there pretty soon though. Oh uh, yeah, so everyone under a million dollars shouldn't pay taxes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Until I'm there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I'm willing to pay some taxes. I didn't specify an amount. So mm. okay, okay. So all right, that's cool. Your thoughts and... on it, Shu? You can't just ask the, you can't just read out the phrase. Oh, Nathan, I guess uh, I haven't really exposed an idea before. I mean, it makes sense to me when I read it. It just not. It's, oh, I haven't really think think about thought about it like that deeply before, and. I mean, not that I'm thinking about it deeply now, but it's just that something that I can't cross. Like, oh, okay. And this made me think a little bit differently. And I said, oh, okay. I always thought that fairness means, just means, you know, treat everybody, you know, fairly, right? This, and it's not a concept, but yeah. So, this, yeah, this goal made me pause and talk about it a little bit. And just funny, interesting. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, to be fair, you need to be unfair to other people some mm-hmm. people right so mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah. it's i think there's an interesting spectrum right like no one would get mad at like a grandma who needs help crossing the street and be like everyone else crosses the street on your own you know do it yourself right like people mm-hmm. naturally be like oh help her out mm-hmm. but you know on i've seen people say like you know smart people can often get better paying jobs because they can, you know, get an advanced degree, right? They can become a doctor, right? You have mm-hmm. to be fairly smart to become a doctor, and then you can get a lot more money. I mean, there are some people who will be like, well, it's not like they really did anything to become smart, right? They're kind of just like rolled the dice, got lucky when they were born. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone has the skills to become a surgeon, no matter how hard they work or they want it. They're just not like capable. So they'll say, is it really fair that you know this person can get like all this like wealth and prestige for something they didn't really control or do? And, you know, that's a much more extreme version of it. It has some sense to it. I'm not saying I agree with that, but, you know. Well, I mean, if we look at things, it's sort of like fairness from like a utilitarian perspective a little bit. Mm. Like, you know, like if everyone, like, 
So I guess if you look at it like, oh, everyone's treated the same, that's more like deontology or something. But like, you know, if we want like the most fair society, like we want to like sometimes there's like, you know, people who might be like super well suited for something need to be treated slightly less fairly to enable like the majority to be like have access essentially like i don't know yeah i guess it comes down to like you know i don't know just yeah what your definition of fair is like more like equal opportunity or equal outcomes i guess is a good way to put it right like what is fair to you yeah and i think that's a it can be a difficult question and obviously like I probably it's going to vary depending on what you're trying to do and whether you're super well suited to do it or you're, you know, trying to do something that may be difficult and, you know, not necessarily your like not something you're naturally suited for. Well, are you talking about equal opportunity or equal results? Equal outcome? I mean, that's huh. the question. Right. Right. I mean, I feel like you're like people, even individuals may have different answers depending on what they're trying to do. So, yeah. So are you for equal opportunity or equal outcome? Is that you say that's the question? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's close to like the fundamental question this topic brings up, right? Like what's fair? Which of those two? Also, you should lower your mic on your head. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> So the whole time I've been uh, recording my voice? No, just the last two sentences. You were quiet. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah. So what's, uh, what's the outcome? Then? So are you guys for equal opportunity or equal outcome? Mike? I mean, I tend to, I mean, I like the idea of equal opportunity, but it's like I acknowledge there are situations where it's tempting to, I mean, yeah, I mean, I tend to lean toward equal opportunity, I guess, but I like, I get like, there's always, you're always going to throw out examples where equal outcome, like, yeah, I mean, as Matt says, like, you know, like you have the ramp, like, you know, to make places handicap accessible. Like, I'm not going to be like, you know, oh, that, you know, that, like, the extreme of, like, oh, like, everyone has the opportunity to get into the building because there's stairs, you know, I mean. Like, I think on the outcome, it's more about maybe, like, how much you make, you know, the wealth, stuff like that, your access in the end, you know, your job uh, opportunities in the end, like, you know, what kind of job you're going to get and how much, one measure is how much money you're going to make, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how how much uh yeah the school you go to right is you know equal outcome stuff like that those are measures right yeah well I mean I, that's true I mean so I I mean I guess there's I mean but there's the question sort of within that right I mean like are we saying like equal outcome as in like oh everyone gets a roughly the same salary like or are we saying like everyone who gets a computer science degree gets the same salary or are we saying like everyone who gets a computer science degree from this university gets the same like i mean there's level like you know uh, like granularity within like this so i mean yeah so 
Yeah, so are you for Equal Account or are you for Opportunity? You know what I'm saying? Uh, what, what do I mean? I mean, I guess, like, I guess equal outcome. Because, like I say, it's like equal, or I mean equal opportunity. Because, like, uh, equal, like, equal outcome is just like, like, I don't know what, like, I don't even know where that, you know, like. How to it, even do it. Is yeah, how to question. do it. Yeah. What about you, man? Yeah, I have to, I mean, unfortunately, I'm too similar to Mike, but I have to lean just towards equal opportunity, both for, you know, probably moral and practical reasons. But I think you, there are some baselines of equal outcome we can establish, right? I mean, it's been a little while, but I've talked about why UBI, universal mm-hmm. basic income, would be a good idea. And what you could consider that is establishing like a baseline outcome level of like everyone gets at least this much, right? Mm. And, you know, Maybe that's not like super cushy, but like it, you know, if it'd be nice if we could just say, well, everyone can at least survive comfortably. You don't have to worry about starving to death, right? Mm. Like, I think that's something we are productive enough as a society that we could do. And it would be good if we did do, you know, so I think you could get a baseline, but equal opportunity is uh, more practical and more useful because, well, we still want people to be motivated to, you know, work hard to improve things because we aren't at this sort of utopian, like utopian society where we don't need people to work. So, yeah. I mean, fundamentally people are not created equal, right? So you cannot expect equal outcomes because everybody's different. Well, you can't expect it naturally for a variety (laughs) of factors, but you can have policy. Yeah. No, that's, that's not a problem. That's, I think there's a trend in, uh, like, liberal states like New York City and New York, you know, they try to get rid of like, uh, I think I think in California too, and they try to get rid of like the AP class or stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Events placement classes and also like, I think New York City recently tried to get rid of, tried to get rid of like gifted classes, you know? Mm-hmm. It's basically, that's one of the, uh, you know, that's something they try to do, make it everybody almost like, they try to try to achieve almost equal outcome. As if, you know, gifted classes is like you're giving people, right? You try, like, oh, there's more higher achievers and a lot, there's other people are not different, achieving a different level, right? But, you know, intelligence, uh, something else that people, you know, might just not, everybody's different, right? People have interest in science, you know, dance, you know, sports, right? So you can't expect uh, anybody to be in the same level of like, achievement in one thing, right? So, yeah. So if we're willing to shift topics for a little bit, that is an issue that very much annoys me, right? Because you know why they've done, they've done it because they're concerned about outcomes, particularly amongst different, you know, races and ethnicities. But it pisses me off because it's, it's a classic case of equal outcomes being problematic essentially because they're like well we're having trouble equalizing outcomes in a good way which would be helping minority students who are like high achievers get into gifted programs so they can excel so instead they're like well what if we just cut everyone down right (laughs) like you know if you just make things worse for everyone but then they'll be equal i'm like that you didn't solve the problem you didn't help the smart you know (laughs) minority students get into like ap classes so they could excel you're just saying, well, if we hurt the other kids too, we'll call it equal. That's stupid. <laughs> it's avoiding the problem. It's literally just like saying, and I'm, I get it's not necessarily a simple thing to fix, but instead of trying to work on a hard problem to make things better, they're just like, you know, 
F it, we'll just get rid of this. And then, you know, it's basically sticking your head in the sand, right? To mm. ignore the problem instead of actually addressing it. It's very frustrating to me. But <laughs> yes, that is the classic as like a perfect example of how too much focus on equal outcome, even, you know, in a very ideal scenario, you can imagine how it's nice, but like in practical terms, it can be very, uh, have, it can have a lot of issues. Yeah. Cool. Oh. Nice. <laughs> I like the rent. I like when you seem to piss yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> it's pissed me off because I really liked my gifted and AP classes. And I oh. think they're very important for like students um yeah public schools and stuff i think that's like a huge opportunity for kids who can't afford like it doesn't matter if your parents send you to a super pricey private school right with like Mm -hmm. fancy teachers but if you go to a public school that's often the only way you can have like a you know decent classes so removing Mm. that opportunity from kids is not good Mm. yeah is it implemented in new york city now or is it passed or is it i don't know i'd seen stuff some stuff about it but i don't know the details on like where it is well Oh, that's why you're moving out of New York City. That's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, anyway, all right. So that was a that's a pretty good conversation, better than most of our quotes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying don't go with the Benjamin Franklin quotes? Just go. With- <laughs> <laughs> I think we've burned through a lot of the good Benjamin Franklin quotes. I have to say, sorry, yeah. Ben, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. All right. So should we talk about the NBA finals, Mike? Yeah. Since right. your team is playing. Yeah, the Celtics three wins away from retaking the lead in NBA championships all time. So mm. we only went to game one, right? Yeah, yeah. So the Celtics won game one in in Golden State or in mm-hmm. the I don't remember what their arena is called, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, so they just need to win three of the next six. And, and yeah, champions. that easy. Yeah. What happened? I I thought Golden Warriors and I, you know, I fully expected them to win Game One. So I honestly like was looking at my phone. And I'm like, Golden State had like a fifteen, is our thirteen point lead late in the third, and I was like, ah, oh, this is what happens. So like, mm. you know, I mean, because uh, I guess. In the NBA home court, it's it's an interesting phenomenon that I don't necessarily have a great explanation for. Like home court in the NBA used to be like an almost insurmountable advantage. Mm-hmm. And over the course of the last decade, that advantage has almost disappeared. Hmm. So like literally, like I can't remember, like I was reading... ESPN the other day, like for like, and they listed off some statistics about like how in the nineties, like teams who played game seven on their home floor, like won like 32 of 35 or something. Mm. Now it's like, like, you know, and then they said since, you know, like 2010 or something, it's been more like, you know, it, it isn't 50, 50, like the home team still has an advantage, but it's like 60, 40. So it's like a massive shift in like the uh, like home court advantage. So because mm-hmm. because the Celtics like literally like in order to get to the finals, they be, uh, they beat Milwaukee um, and and Miami, and but uh, so they uh, like 
in the, their series against Milwaukee, they uh, basically, I think they won two out of three games on the road. And in the series against Miami, they won three out of four games on the road. And then at home, they were below 500 or yet or at 500. So when did it start? Recently, like last 10 years, 20 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been ha- so it's been much more prevalent, I think, in like the last 10 years that like home court advantage doesn't matter as much. I mean, that's been true in like hockey and stuff like that. But I mean, may- maybe it's just a question of like better, like they're figuring out like better communication systems and stuff. Because I know in football, that's something that, like, makes a big difference. Like, they talk about, like, you know, home crowds make it impossible for, like, the defenses or offenses to, like, communicate and change plays at the line. And, like, it can fluster. Like, I mean, there's the fluster factor, but I, you're a professional athlete, so I imagine that isn't contributing as much as just, like, literally, like, it makes it hard for the team to, like, get prepped. So maybe, yeah. like, teams... I mean, probably are- Probably just because the sports signs are getting better. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, team, they have many tools probably helping them right now. You know, like, you know, you know, data science, you know, to use data analytics to do analyzing stuff, mm-hmm. you know, sports science. And they, maybe everybody just started, you know, meditating or something, you know, like uh, doing yoga, you know, so calm you down, <laughs> make yourself mind, you know. <laughs> I was wondering if it's something about just like the conditions of like their travel, like maybe they figured out how to like, let players exactly. be less impacted by travel. But you think 10 years ago, they would have already known that, right? Like it's, you know, if we were comparing to 40 years ago, I could definitely see like travel being like less comfortable, but. Well, I will say in that same time span, like the NBA has seen a pretty substantial shift and it's the Warriors that like in how the game is played and the Warriors really are like the team that led that. Like, because both the Warriors and Celtics, I think, are teams that very much, like, quote-unquote, like, live and die by the three. Mm. So, like, both teams will shoot an outrageous number of threes in the game. And, like, even if they're not hitting them. Like, it, even, in, in, like, sometimes it's, like, clearly, like, bad strategy, like, the amount of threes they take. But, like... I, I mean, statistically, like, from the data science perspective, the three, like... The three is basically like, um, like the amount of points you get per three point shot on average is like higher than any other shot. Like they always talk about like basically shots internally and three pointers are like you're sort of maximizing, you're maximizing the points you get per shot. Like mid range jump shots are statistically like the worst shot you can take because they're like, you know, on average, the the number of points you get for mid-range jump shots is substantially lower than those two shots. Mm. So, I mean, so the Warriors were sort of the first team, I think, like to, like, or, you know, the first team that I can, like, really, like, they always talked about, like, they just jack up threes. It's like, it's not, it's not Warrior, it's more like Steph Curry, right? Well, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, like, he just, he just throw his shots really, really fast, right? Because, uh, you know, he can do half-court shot really fast, like, you know, just, like, mm-hmm. 
pull up those charts very fast. And of course, I think Clem Thompson is probably influenced by Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. So, I mean, of, he's yeah. He's young, a slightly newer, I guess. Yeah, but yes, uh, but yeah. So the Celtics play a similar uh, can play a similar style now, where it's like they take a lot of threes. So, mm. so. Yeah, I, mean, oh, I was just gonna say, like the uh, period, like we have seen a shift in the game that, based on sort of the data and like based on how the Warriors play, and now both teams in the finals play that way. So mm-hmm. it's possible that, like, you know, the home court factor has something to do with like that shift, or mm-hmm. you know, related. So who's gonna win? I mean, if with the Celtics taking Game One, I'm. I, I'm more hopeful than I was. I mean, I think the Warriors are the favorites for a reason, but I mean... Why Why is Warrior not favorite? Well, I mean, they have more experience, uh, you know, in the finals. They've won three championships pretty recently. I mean, mm-hmm. the Celtics have, uh, you know, gotten to the East finals, but, you know, I, I mean, I think pretty frequently they... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some inconsistency on the Celtics end. Like, so, I mean, I like Tatum and Jalen Brown, will, like who are the Celtics superstars, will have definitely have off games. Um, mm. And, you know, there's, but, and I mean, I if you just think about it, I mean, the Celtics were literally below 500 in January. Mm. So it's pretty insane how much. We don't know, so we cannot think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Man, so. if Boston sports superfan Mike is ragging on the Celtics this much, their outlook is grim. <laughs> it seems grim. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, well, I, I just mean it's a, like the Celtics, the only championship that I've seen them win was in 2008. So, and they were the worst team in the league the year before. And they ended up, so the Paul Pierce was like the only building block. And then in the off season, they got Garnett and Allen and they literally went from like 26 and yeah, or I think, I think they only had 26 wins. So 26 and what is 56 is that 82? Um, yeah. So 26 and 56 to 66 and 16 and they won the championship. So like a remarkable turnaround in like one year, but, um, like this would literally be like within the same season, like with the same key pieces, they went from like a sub 500 team to like a team that had the best record from that point forward to like the champions. Like it, it, it would be very impressive. So. How's the management team? Is it the same? Or has there uh, been major change? So no. So they, um, the coach, uh, like, so the coach of the Celtics, the last few for a while now, I'm trying to think how long he was the coach and his, uh, his name just left my head entirely, but the Celtics had a coach who was like, he's considered like a brilliant basketball mind, but, uh, but he just couldn't, well, like he couldn't like necessarily like, like he never won the championship, even though there were expectations they could, like, so they actually promoted him to GM. Mm. And then they hired um, Idoka, or like, I'm going to say his name wrong. So they hired a new coach. And so this is literally his first season as coach. Mm. So. I got you. 
Yeah. So, so the Celtics have a rookie coach, which, yeah, another reason it would be exciting if they won. Mm, okay. So. That's cool. Mm-hmm. When's so, game two? Tonight. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tonight is game two. Then mm. the series shifts back to Boston. So. Okay. Cool. So if, where would game seven be played? In Golden State. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So it's two. I think it's two, two, one, one, one again, but there were periods of time and it's still. Uh, so the finals at a certain point, and it could still be this way. This is something I actually don't know, but um, it used to be two, three, two in the finals back when the Celtics last made the finals. Both things healthy. Uh, I think for the as healthy for the most part they're pretty healthy. Um, mm. the the Celtics uh have like one of their like Robert Williams the third like he is one of their best interior defenders. Mm. Like he, I think, is sort of day to day and has been dealing with injuries throughout the uh throughout the playoffs. But and Andre Iguodala is missing for the Warriors. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But okay, well, talking yeah. about talking about Celtics, you can't talk about did we talk about Brady before? Like when he came back from he announced he's gonna retire and then he came back. Yeah. I I don't know if we talked about it or not. What happened there? He had unfinished business, I guess. <laughs> like what? I mean he needs to win. <laughs> did he not win for November? Uh well he did win, not last year though. Yeah, it doesn't have to, right? He won once. He can prove he can do it again. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no. I, I mean, I think he literally, like, I, I think at this point for him, it's just more like, like, if you look at professional athletes, like, beyond the age of 40, oftentimes they just, like, like, it's a rough scene. Mm. Like, I mean, if you feel like, speaking of the salt, like, Shaq's last year in Boston, it was like he, he was, you know, he was not what he used to be like that was a pretty dramatic like fall off whereas like and michael jordan even like when he was on the wizards it was like yeah this isn't, you know so it's like it's more like brady literally was like are like i mean you could argue it but he was pretty much like statistically one of the best quarter like certainly you can't argue he was one of the best quarterbacks statistically in the league last year mm-hmm. like and he was 44 <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean so it's more just like this is insane. So I think he just more wants to like be like, look at how, you know, look at how amazing I am. But, All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Going back to basketball. So have you heard about the big three league? Which, oh, the big three league. No, yeah. uh, I don't think so. Really? Is it is it just like three three on three, like and one or something? Yeah. Yeah. Three and three. Okay. It's called uh, Big Three. Uh, Ice Cube, you know, the rapper, actor, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he created a Big Three league, actually. Like, former, some of the former NBA players, I think Joe Johnson is one of them, you know. So, it basically tried to have a different kind of games, more like fa- more fast-paced. Is it know? on the same size court? Yeah, but more like three-on-threes. I think it's a half-court, I think. Oh, okay. 
Oh, yeah. it's a half court game. So I they think do the thing have... where you have to dribble it back to the half court, like you know, kids I guess, used to do yeah. recess. <laughs> I think though, I haven't watched a video, but if you want to make your best pass, I don't think you not make sense to be full court again. Mm. I think you just have a three on three, which is pretty normal for a half court, right? So, well, I mean that is normal for half court, but if you want it fast pace, you have to have a full court. Like, there's no fast breaks in a half court game. Well, like, you don't need to fast break. You can just, you know, you score much faster. I guess. I don't. Know. Oh, okay. Yeah, scoring more. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. but I mean, it's always going to be a half court offense. So I mean, I guess that would make sense if he's like recruiting maybe like retired NBA players. Like, you know, <laughs> they don't just, run as much. Yeah, exactly. There's also, a- I think I think they they have you know former NBA player. And they also have probably new young dude that did not make to the NBA, right? So right, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway. It's but what make idea. yeah? What make it more interesting is that they are offering like NFTs as team memberships. Oh man! Well, now we know it's gonna fail. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, you know it's a good. I think it's a good idea because they are so team ownership, right? It's about you buying an NFT, right? You actually own. It's not basically instead of getting the shares in the in the team in the in the team you actually you know using. I mean, same thing, right? Young NFT is kind of like ownership. So you buy maybe like $5,000, you know, you can buy $25,000 or something like that, depending mm-hmm. how much money you put in, right? So you get different tier of like ownership, a different tier of NFT, you get different basic utility, different uh, privilege, basically, right? So mm-hmm. so basically, it's just one, it's a, a way to basically decentralize the ownership, right? Yeah. To basically have fans basically like own the team, basically, right? Mm-hmm. I what wonder if what's their the one thing that um a lot of these have is they kind of have like an upfront they make money but then they promise like permanent benefits without continued revenue streams so like you know what are those privileges they're offering the owners and you know do they get like a slice if the fans you know sell to someone else right like is that in the NFTs you know just that's one thing that comes to mind Oh yeah, I think I would say you should. You, if you own part of the team, then yeah, right. Sorry, like I mean, like the team itself, not like the pl- fan owners, but like the organization controlling all this, right? Do they get like a five percent commission when you if you sell your NFT to someone else? Oh yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, it depends. It depends how they design it, right? So I think they probably make it such in a way that it's valuable enough for people to buy in basically right if you don't you know give enough value you know nobody is gonna buy an nft right right because i'm yeah. i'm looking at your link now and it's like so the gold tier offers vip tickets to all big three live games right so mm-hmm. you know that makes sense and the gold tier is it 4500 maybe Maybe not. I don't know. It's some amount, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, so you make that money up front, but then if you're offering tickets forever, right, that's clearly not like a sustainable system. Well, if you own a team, I guess you you could get, you know, t- I mean, that's why it's, it's the risk you're taking, right? So rewarding the risk you're taking to, because uh-huh. the, the league could implode, right? If nobody, if it's not getting popular or something, right? So Yeah. I don't know. So I'm surprised Mike never heard about the big three. I mean, how new is it? 
Uh, I think maybe he created in 2017. I'm not sure. Yeah, in, in uh, maybe a few years ago. Yeah, four or five years ago, maybe. My sports fanaticism waned heavily after probably like 2014. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. And it's, anyway, it's pretty juicy, I think. That's what the headline says. <laughs> juicy. Yeah. Thing. So I'm um, so 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 I guess my you can totally probably buy one and go to fourteen. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll go and I think I'll you can buy. afford it. Alright, I'll buy a I'll go I mean it, it sounds interesting. Like I would go to a game. I mean but, Yeah. Uh, probably cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I can appreciate them trying to do something, you know. Like we've had the same major sports leagues for decades, right? Can appreciate them mm-hmm. trying to mix it up, get a new big player in there, make basketball more fun to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Throw out some shots there. All right. <laughs> so. All right. So, I mean, uh, the next one I want to talk about is actually uh, how to make money in you know within your podcast. One of the interesting. Ideas that a lot of people are making money with podcasts now is, uh, um, basically a lot of people are just making like white noise podcasts, you know, mm. just uh, have a podcast. <laughs> no one's talking, you know, you don't need to do, you know, anything, just like make some, you make some white noise and put it, put out a podcast. Actually getting really popular now. It's like almost like big <laughs> people are making pretty big money by just making. Why noise podcast? So maybe okay. I'm thinking maybe we should just do that. you talk about this. I mean, people have had like white noise machines for years, right? With yeah. the sound of ocean waves or rain or whatever. But mm-hmm. I feel like this has got to be one of those things. By the time you've seen an article on it, it's already too late, right? Like <laughs> there's got to be too many people with their uh, their white noise podcasts that you wouldn't you know break it and get people to listen to yours instead. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is in the same vein as like ASMR or, you know, just people like talking quietly for, you know, an hour on a video or something like that. Like, it's just something that's like, that I don't understand. What's ASMR? (laughs) Uh, I I can't remember what the name, like what it stands for, but it's just like people talking quietly. And it's just like supposed to be soothing to people, like, and I and I don't understand why. Like, I, I mean, like, I understand, like, you want, like, like, you know, music or like. What do you mean you don't understand why? It was it was quite thrilling what you just did there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just like, gonna be looking this up afterwards. Like, yeah. wait a second, this is great. Yeah, I, I mean, like, just listen to music. Just have like a normal podcast on in the background. It's like you don't need like people just talking quietly or you know, like I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand what like white noise or. ASMR, any of it, but it doesn't do anything. Help help you sleep, right? So, well, no, I I I understand because I have a podcast on to help me sleep. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's it's just like a normal podcast, and it's like it helps me sleep because I listen to the conversation, like it clears my mind, and I focus on what they're talking about. Uh, What Mm -hmm. podcast you listen to for sleep? I I mean, well, no, I normally listen to like Jim and uh, it's a radio show technically, but Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. I'll give them what? a free plug. Well, are they so, are they so boring that you actually? 
No, uh, it, to end fall asleep. no, uh, I find it entertaining. It's just more like I list, like it's just focusing on the conversation helps clear your mind. So, uh, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. no Joe Rogan. No, I haven't listened to Joe Rogan in quite some time. What happened there? I, I literally only used to listen to Joe Rogan when he had a guest I was interested in. Oh, really? Cause, uh, yeah. I, I thought you used to like listen to Joe Rogan every day. Now when you're walking to, the lab no i no jim and sam has honestly been what i've listened well so jim and sam's previous iteration was like opie and jim and then before that like opie and anthony so i used to listen to that for like what happened to the other guy you're listening to no the other comedian uh well well i yeah i haven't listened to like adam carolla's podcast in forever what happened I mean, just like honestly, his podcast often was sort of repetitive. Gotcha. <laughs> so, I mean, he did, he like he does a daily, yeah. So, I mean, he he does do news. If stories, you do daily, but, then yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So. Yeah. Unless you talk about news, right? If you, it's hard to do daily podcasts if you don't talk about news right. events. All right. Cool. Uh. New advancement in AI, I guess. Dolly 2. Have you guys heard about Dolly 2? Sheep. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it the sheep they cloned Dolly or something? Or what was the sheep? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a shot. <laughs> this one's the D-A-L-L-E. Dolly 2. Okay. And I have not heard about it. Yeah. I think it's called Dolly or Dolly. I don't know. So anyway, so um, so it's a taxi, you know, created by OpenAI, re- just released recently in May. Uh, uh, that supposedly is, is a text to image, right? So you, if you give him a prompt, like give you a prompt, you basically like create an image for you, like art, right? Like painting kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so very similar to your idea, actually, like earlier when you talk about your singing, right? When you do improv, uh, uh, like you know, the MC give you a prompt, also, and this could be a song, and then you just like using the context to create a song from uh, mm-hmm. from a situation, and you sing about it. And this mm-hmm. is like basically a image version of that, right? So you give him a prompt, say, hey, you know, uh, Kermit the frog, the frog is doing something in this situation. In, uh, draw me a picture of Kermit the frog in in the in the form of like chocolate factory or something, right? Mm-hmm. And so they would just, you know, the, the AI basically come out with image, basically output image, create it kind of, yeah. So if you go to their website, you can see all the images they created by using the prompt, which is quite impressive because it's like, yeah, yeah, anyway. So you can check it out on the website right now, actually. Yeah, so yeah, basically yeah. you're saying we can get rid of artists. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, so what do you think? An astronaut riding a horse in photorealistic styles. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. That's uh, that's. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, I do feel like I sort I think... of wonder what their like, you know, I guess what their like input and output, like you know, like what their training sets were, like what their data sets were and stuff. I mean, it seems like. I don't know. Some of these, like some of these more impressive photos, maybe, uh, 
Yeah. I don't know. Some of these more impressive photos, but I feel like, I don't know. Like, I, like I, I'm wondering what the bad photos look like. Cause I, I, I mean, like some of these seem like they may be like very tailored to like a training set. Like, Oh, this is what our training set had. And you know, but I don't know. Cause yeah, like. I guess the fox one, a painting of a fox sitting in a field at sunrise in the style of Claude Monet. Like, I feel like that's maybe more what I would have expected a lot of these to look like. Mm. Like, sort of a little bit trippy. Yeah? You know, because I feel like I would have expected it. Like, I, I, I honestly don't know how, you know, like, this is set up. But I would have expected it, like, you know, just for my brain, it would be like, oh, they're using, like, you know, this is, like, sort of inputs at, like, a pixel level. So, like, and, you know, the, and so basically, like, you're not going to get, like, super fine, like, or super, like, high-def looking type output. Mm-hmm. I mean, but some of these look essentially, th- like... What do, you th- what, what do you think about the one I just put in the chat? So when you just put on the chat. In a Google chat, in a Zoom chat. Right, right. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's like almost like a, uh, so that's, that is very interesting. So this is, uh, Alex Ohanian. Uh, he, he's mm-hmm. the, the founder of, like, co-founder of Reddit. Reddit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So he has, he has OpenAI and Adali to illustrate in the fourth quarter last, uh, of the Celtics. Versus warriors in the other nine, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's. Uh, see, I mean, that is pretty good. But I, I mean, it is like that. Maybe is more what I would have expected, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's like you sort of are getting like warping. You know, like you're getting like monstrous looking faces, and you know, like hands blending in with the ball, and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean. It's, uh, like there are some on the website where it's almost like looks photo, like, like the astronaut with the horse almost looks like it's a, you just photoshopped an astronaut onto a horse and then photoshopped that into like a space background, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be like drawing, drawing, right? Yeah. yeah. Could be a picture, right? So, right, right. I guess I just, yeah, I just depends how you, what your prime is, right? If you want to oh, put it in the style of the Warhol, Andy Warhol or something, right? Then it could be a campaign. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, also I in just... a way they understand the style, right? Now you can, oh, draw this in the form of Monet or something, right? So, yeah. I guess Anyways. I just wonder how many models are underlying this algorithm. Like there well, maybe can, many, you, many different models. You so. can put yourself on a wait list and then check it out. Oh, oh, they're making it open source. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's open AI. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, no, but it's it's cool. Okay. I mean, it feels like. I mean, it's cool. It has some applications. I'm wondering, like, you know, do they have any? Does it have any like insights into making a computer program that actually like understands language? Or is it just, you know, like a really big mapping of like, you know, words to images? I don't mm. know. Mm. You know, I assume it's some type of, do we have any, do you know anything about like what type of models underlie it? Is it just a giant convolutional neural, like some sort of 
convolutional neural network that goes from text to image or i don't know i didn't read a paper you can go ahead and read a paper and then this <laughs> and is your topic <laughs> yeah no, i mean they're mini all your topics but the mini topic is you don't need to go through too much detail and that's the whole point you know? fair enough, See, fair enough. it's I boring have... if you go to too much detail it's kind of boring anyway so no point i'm talking about it well no i think matt and i are getting at the same thing like i, I if i had to guess this is probably like they have like some keyword identifier for like different genres different artists like different things that they like maybe pick out and then they have like models trained on you know like tons of images like mm-hmm. in that style or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah that, and I, that pre- previous we talked about they Open AI have a G- GPT three or something, you know, and they are making, you know, telling jokes, right? So you can have a prompt, they basically come up with a joke or some kind of writing for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like an essay, like actually an like article, right? Stuff like that. No, right. So well, yeah, they do, they do interesting things. I mean, creativity and you know, computational creativity is cool, but it's it is a hard problem. Mm. Right. I mean, yeah. And do do you know? Do name can they make AI and actually under, understand stuff? And that's kind of, I don't know. That's a kind of hard, right? Is 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 philosophy? It's almost like a philosophical question. Like, what do you mean by understanding, right? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, like consciousness. Like, what, what the hell do you mean by consciousness? Like, can you make a robot that actually is conscious? But I think uh-huh. it, there's no point in doing that. As long as you make it do useful, useful stuff, that's that's all you need, right? That's yeah. true. That's fair. Enough. I mean, evolution baked in a lot to our brain, so we are, we're just baking that uh, you know that stuff into AI. No, no. So <laughs> cool. A weird phrase baked into our brain. Yeah. <laughs> Who decided on that? No, no, no. <laughs> whatever this is gonna be the shit when people are learning english we're like what the what do you mean bake into someone's brain like that's not what bake means it's a metaphor it's like you know how you bake a cake it's a metaphor <laughs> yeah <laughs> well imagine if you you know stuck the information to your brain and put your i mean it's, it's probably a boston boston way of saying stuff yes because no. we have baked beans <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's pretty you know universal i've definitely heard that in other areas but yeah. it's just weird yeah they're probably from Boston. Yeah. I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boston. There, there's lots of people who leave Boston. So. Mm. Uh, the smart ones. Hey, Speaking of Boston again, should we talk about mass shooting and gun controlling? Was there one in Boston? <laughs> no, Boston? no. It's, oh. just a, it's just a poor transition. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking of places <laughs> who haven't had mass shootings. <laughs> I mean, you can speak in Boston and talk about anything. That's fair. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there have been. Oh, should we talk about exploding kittens first? That sounds like a topic that's fast. So sure. <laughs> Do you know what that is, Mike? No. It's the card game. I'm not sure why this is on the list. Because I just heard about it yesterday. Oh yeah. Have you played it? No. I've played it a few times. It's fun. It's like a very casual, easy card game. It's good for parties, right? Mm. Um, Isn't that cause against humanity? Kind of. I mean, it doesn't play anything like it, but it fills a similar slot of like stop, like games at the Dying appropriate fun. time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, we're really, you know, we talked about how we're trying to imitate the Junto Club and like learn more about the world. <laughs> you know, I feel like l- lately we've been falling 
a little short of those ideals, exploding kittens <laughs> being a prime example. What do you need? Needs on, needs on, actually, what's going on in the world? So it's culture, right? So we need to educate ourselves about this culture stuff. Okay, so, okay. Exploring the world. Now, if you don't know exploding kittens, you probably don't understand the world. That's the whole point. Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, there is, I mean, if there is like kind of like, I don't know. In like the last 10 years, it's been like a kind of surgence of like board and card games and like new people developing them and more people playing them again, right? Like it's kind of grown. I feel like I'll, I know a lot of people who like collect board games now and like want to play as groups and things. So, oh, it definitely got exploded after, I mean, Catan after is like pandemic, one of the early right? big ones. Well, no, this was before. I mean, the pandemic maybe helped, but like this was before the pandemic too, right? Like, there's been like a growing subculture of like board games as like a you know group hobby interest. All right, all right, mass shooting then. Blank. <laughs> you guys don't know. That's fine. Y'all go watch basketball while the cool kids go play. You know, Catan and exploding kittens. Come on. All right. Well, next next two weeks or whenever the episode, tune in to Matt covering card games. We're the, not going to cover people. card games. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, so mass shootings, yeah, they're happening again. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah. So what about the gun control again? The issues. I mean, I think we talked about it many times before, but um, sensible gun control is that is that sensible to do that? <laughs> Hang on. I mean, depends. Depends what. It does feel like. It does feel a little bit like the gun control debate has a little a little bit more sticking power. Like, there's definitely been other times where people like bring it up after a shooting mm-hmm. and you can it feels like most just dismiss it mm-hmm. but in this case it feels like i see it sticking more like what do you mean uh, like i feel like it's more likely at least some gun control measures get passed because of it mm. like, like, it to... what, is, what democrats are proposing right now i mean i think one of the most common things is you know, just assault weapon ban style things, which is like, you know, rifles that look like ARs and have, big oh, yeah. clip, you know, magazines and whatever. Um, is that reasonable? Because I, I hear it a lot too from other people. Now, oh, this is like kind of common sense, right? What do you think? I think, I think you mentioned, I remember you saying something, uh, counter example to that. Like, that's not really a great I feel idea. Like, I feel like there was the one we had in the past and a lot of the stuff in it seemed like kind of pointless like what do you mean like the same exact gun that she's the exact same bullets if you basically changed how it looked it would be banned or not banned mm. like literally like a wooden stock would make it a hunting rifle and like a plastic stock would make it like a you know military assault weapons thing so um but i don't know i've mm. also seen mixed evidence presented that it did or did not help right it's a very complicated thing to interpret the data on stuff like that you know trying to tease out what was causal or not in terms of did the assault weapon ban you know do things mm. so i mean there's stuff def- i feel like probably the most the most directly impactful one would be to have more power to have the government be like you're suspicious people are reporting you we're gonna like take away your guns and block you from getting them and maybe lock you up but you know that's a that's kind of like the slippery slope, right no one yeah. loves the idea of the government being able to just sort of like preemptively taking away you know your rights but yeah. you know it seems like you know how else can you deal with crazy people who are gonna you know but they i feel like i think what i heard is and they do have that already now even in the case in 
what's the, the the school in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. I think the, the the person was in something like that already, mm-hmm. right? And somehow they were like for the past couple two years or something, and then somehow it just that did not get uh you know, still you can still sleep through that, right? So yeah, yeah, I think I've seen that before where they're like whether they were being like investigated or were suspicious or just had people report them. Like a lot of these shootings, people did have something like that. Mm. So then there's an argument that like, we should have, should we have like stronger enforcement of things like, you know, people have reported you as being potentially dangerous, right? Like we're going to like, you know, mm. not allow you to buy a gun when you normally would have. Um, I don't know. Other people are just like, you know, that's too difficult. We just have to get rid of all guns, but that's very, relatively unpopular and i don't think that's going to happen so well it's also hard because there's 300 million guns or something in the country yeah and a lot of people who would literally not allow you to take their guns without a fight so right. yeah. yeah i don't know all right but, it's, right. but this one's been really distracted by how bad of a job the cops did, right? Like, I feel like yeah. gun control's still been, like, a pretty big, like, thing. But number one is, what were the cops doing? Yeah. Yeah, like, what happened? What happened there? So you haven't, like, read or heard about this much? Or? I heard they, 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 they took, like, 45 minutes for them to go in or something. And then now, I feel like now they're just, like, blaming for radio. <laughs> like, something wrong with that radio. Yeah. There was, so I believe this, uh, so I believe they were initially, at least initially, they were saying it wasn't ruled like an active shooter type situation, which allowed, like, so basically your training tells you if it's an active shooter, breach is, you know, engage as soon as possible because that's what ends it. But like they, I guess, were working under the protocol of like, this is a hostage type situation or something. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like, if you breach, you, risk you risking lives rather than saving them but yeah i mean it was pretty clearly like just bad like just bad work <laughs> so, yeah i i did read something about i think they said maybe the police chief possibly mm-hmm. said it's a hostage situation but like everyone could hear firing continuing to go on so it doesn't really make sense right but, but it makes you question like was it just the police chief who was just like made a terrible call or were like you know all the cops just afraid to go in and do something. But, Mm -hmm. you know, they had basically, yeah, the cops basically stood outside for like an hour. At some point, like a mom ran it, like ran past them and got her own kids out. Mm -hmm. There's possibly one of the cops got their own, the cops children out earlier on, like went into the school. But this is, it hasn't been confirmed, but this is something that got passed around early that a cop apparently might've done that. And then they like, didn't go in to like deal with the shooter. So possibly happened. And then the end result was a off duty border patrol agent, which who had driven like 40 miles went in against the wishes of the police and like shot the guy who was doing the shooting. Like that's the only reason it stopped when it did. So, you know, it's a very bad look for the police (laughs) right now. It's like, what the heck were they doing besides like trying to stop people to go in and deal with it, Mm. you know? So Right. No, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it is like, uh, like you just wonder what, cause I mean, even I think this has come up in like previous mass shootings, but it's like literally like the way it like is terrifying. Like I, it's hard for me to say, it's like, obviously if I were in a situation like this, like what would I do? I don't know. Like, but like, I'm sure it's a terrifying thing, but it's like time and again, like basically they say like, just like 
try to like charge the person, like try to have people like uh, go engage the person because oftentimes like if enough people do it, like either you get them or they off themselves. Like, so it's sort of like you need to engage the person in some capacity. So it's like, if you're police with guns, like, yeah, I get it's terrifying to like face a shooter, but it's like, if you can like, even like, even if two of you go in, like, you know, two of you go in and you sort of try to like stay away from the fire. Like if you start shooting at him, there's a decent chance he may shoot himself or like, he may like at least stop shooting children. <laughs> like, yeah. so how can I not, not even sending a robot? In? <laughs> um, like, no, just saying a robot, in, right? Well, you know, it's a small town, right? So, if you told me their department didn't have a robot, I feel like that's very likely. But you know, everybody have I, a everybody have a DJ, DJI drone now. You know, <laughs> begging China. But uh, apparently, like forty percent of the town's budget goes to the police, and they had like pictures from like a month or two before that of their SWAT team of like nine people after they had done like training and stuff. So like the big, and I mean, Mike makes a good point. Like, you know, how many people would be like willing to run under fire? Um, you know, mm. obviously it's understandable that someone might not want to do that, but it's like, well, if we're paying the police a lot of money and giving them like, you know, armor and guns and all this like equipment and training, like, isn't that literally their job? You know, isn't this like the premier time for them to use this training and money that they were given, you know, to do this? Mm. Or at right. least just, you know, if you're too scared, just hand the parent a gun and say, okay, go save your kid. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I feel like I heard, I don't know if this is true. I don't like, but I initially I heard that like the mother who went in and saved her kid, like she was actively like restrained by police before. Yeah, no. There's videos of it. They were like oh, restraining right. parents because parents were like, we're going to like, if you're not going to go in, we're going to go in basically. And they were like not allowing them, which makes sense mm-hmm. if the police were going in, right? Like you don't want random parents running around when the police are trying to deal with the situation. Right. But, but you know, yeah. it yeah. is not that you want un- unarmed p- parents running in to deal with it. But if the police aren't, that's kind of like, well, that's, I guess, a, a you know, it, could help, right? Like, if enough people charge a shooter, even unarmed, they're going to stop them. So, what's the right. reason they didn't go in? I still don't get it. We don't a hundred percent know. Maybe there's an investigation. They, maybe they thought it was a hostage situation, or the someone thought it was, and just so they were playing it out like that. Maybe they were just too afraid of getting shot. It, it is mm. unknown. Yeah, but it, it yeah, it just makes no sense because it's it, it is very like unless yes they thought it was a hostage situation because which as you say it's like hard to believe that but um yeah but i mean basically it's just like i get you to like even if you just like sort of shoot in the area it's like a lot of these people do kill themselves as soon as they like like meet with any kind of resistance so it's like you know just give them some kind of resistance even if you're afraid yeah so I mean, like, I don't know, the mother, like she, the mother who was running around the school, she's like, she could hear where the bolts were coming from, right? So she could kind of know, knew where the shooter was and like avoided it when she was like going to one of her kids and stuff. It's like, you know, yeah. Did she save her kid? Yeah, she got her kids out. Her kids were Same. fine. Yeah. Obviously not every kid was fine though. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because like, I don't know, even they, at least they claim they had them like locked down to one classroom 
at some point they claimed they had him locked to one classroom, but the, you know, the story has shifted. So it's not clear what really happened, but like, even if you believe like he shot everyone in that classroom, right? Like, you know, real life's not video games. You don't like go to zero HP and die, right? There could be like kids bleeding out who are already <laughs> shot, even if he was done, um, you know, and saving them, ha- getting to them half an hour earlier could easily be the difference between them living or not. So, yeah. yeah, it's just crazy. It doesn't make any sense. I'm sure we're going to get more information over time, but yeah. No, I mean, it's a, like, I mean, it's a, te- like, I mean, you know, it's a terrible thing. And it's, it's sort of like, I don't necessarily have a good answer because like, I mean, it's like, obviously other countries don't necessarily deal with it to the degree we do like at all, but like, you know, but it's also like there's a very different relationship with guns here. There's more guns here, like that are going to be harder to take away or buy back or anything like that. So mm. it's uh, and you know, I mean, obviously, other countries do deal with other things that we may not deal with. So it's yeah, it seems like a hard, a difficult thing. So mm. anyway, talking about guns. Have you guys watched Doc, Top Gun? Top Gun? Yes. Top Gun. Uh, I don't think I, I've probably seen some of it on like TV when I was younger, but I don't think I've ever actually properly watched it. Yeah. I mean, Have you I've seen heard... Top Gun 2? The new one? No. I mean, are you I, going to? I've heard it's good, but probably uh, not. I haven't been to a movie in forever. Oh. <laughs> Top Gun 2 might be worth watching, and I heard it's very oh, good. Yeah? You, you make you feel like. Go USA and stuff like that. Like <laughs> you feel very patriotic after you go. See Do they bring Tom Cruise back? Of course. It's the whole movie. It's all about Tom Cruise. Okay. Isn't he too old to go into a fighter jet now? Like not yet. Not yet. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all Tom right. Cruise. He's like Tom Brady, right? So <laughs> Is is this what you need? Just your name to be Tom and then you can do your job forever? Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, I've heard, like, a lot of people have been saying, yeah, like, it's been, I don't, how long has it been? Like, 40 years? 30 years? years? 40 30 years? years? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I can't believe it's like 40 years. Yeah. What, when did the movie, when did the original Top Gun come out? Probably the 90s. Yeah, this so is a like quick 30. Google search. Yeah. So. Not the 2022 one. Give me the original one. <laughs> 1986. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, he's almost so, like forty years. Yeah, and it's like he so it's been like thirty six years. years, and people are like, it looks like Tom Cruise is aged like thirty days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I pretty now you probably use a lot of makeups. Yeah, so. CGI or Scientology? Which one? <laughs> That's right. Scientology, probably. <laughs> yeah, should join the church. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, feetins, you get those feetins out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't argue with results, Mike. That's true. No, I mean it's it's true. I mean the 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 spokespeople of Scientology, generally speaking, fare pretty well. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's All an right. interesting way to phrase that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I think it's time for Mike doing some singing and dancing. Uh, singing and dancing. No. Yeah. Don't you need to dance? I'm improv too. Like, you know? I, I guess that can come up, but... Maybe they should make that as a required skill, too. 
No, I mean it's the Dan. They have one game that they will usually reserve for late night shows because it's it's really dumb. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it's like interpret like they'll play a song, you know, and like you have to do like an interpreted dance to the song. But mm. so, Matt, do you have anything you want to talk about before we move on to Mike's main topic? No, I'm good. All right, yeah. Well, the main topic, I don't know that it'll take a super long time, but so um, basically, like, I wanted to sort of talk about like music as a whole because I know Matt isn't like Matt isn't necessarily an interesting case because I've known many people like or you know at least several people like this, but you, like you don't really listen to music, right? Yeah, not like very rarely do I like on just on my own. Yes. like decide like let me go put on a song really? yeah you don't have a favorite song like you don't even have a night uh what's your wedding song but, i mean we had a bunch of songs at our wedding but did it pick by you though not really <laughs> <laughs> now you don't you don't you don't listen to music when you're working out like you know no what about when you're sad no <laughs> So I'd like to clarify that I can really enjoy move it, mu- yeah, music, especially like with movies or TV shows when they like combine, like they can definitely add to like the emotional experience, right? Yeah. Like you watch something that's really awesome. It has good music going with it. And then occasionally it's like, it, you, it make, I feel like it also makes the music better even when you hear it on your own because it, like you associate those feelings, but um, it's not like I don't like music. It's just, I don't like it enough to, to bother doing it. You don't even like stream music and songs on Spotify. Pretty much never. I've tried <laughs> it a few times, you know, just occasionally when I'm like bored or something, but mm. yeah. Not All even right. Tay Tay. Not even Tay Tay. Anyway, back to Mike. Yes. So, so I guess we, we're getting into this a little bit. So like, I wanted to start with like, why do we like music? Like, why is this like, why is this a thing that people like, want to see or like in, performed an improv or you know as you say like like why do people love music festivals so like why is music such an important piece of our culture and i mean literally like since you know we became people mm-hmm. so i mean i so we've talked about sort of the um, like it's a it's a connection experience right like you know the um, like music conveys emotion so, like, literally listening to a song can help you relate to the person singing it. You know, I mean, as she said, like, oh, if you listen to it when you're sad, it's like, yeah, I mean, you're connecting, like, another person, I guess, if you're listening to sad music in theory, like, that person felt the same way you do. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's a way of relating, which can, you know, help people heal. So, uh, so there's a lot of theories sort of around... um that connection experience and uh, like, and that's part of the reason we really enjoy music and like some of the I music. It, I thought it's more about feeling emotions. No. You mean well, connection it, with between each other? Well, uh, well, I mean, so I think there's the like sort of live music gives you the connection of like the people around you. Mm, yeah. But I mean, also like listening to music, like the artist you're connecting with that artist, right? And it's in a certain sense. Uh, like, okay. Because the art, like if you are listening to sad songs, like if you, you know, if you have a breakup, 
and you're listening to a breakup song. It's like you're sharing that negative emotion with like the artist who had a similar experience. So it's like mm. human, it's like connecting on, you know, with another person. Gotcha. So, and just because I'm always interested in the brain, um, like the connection experience. So like neuroscientists like have tried to like pin down a little bit like about how this happens in the brain. And like mm. oftentimes when people are listening to music, they, uh, basically uh have found like note uh networks in the brain active that like are associated with like pattern guessing like so like you're trying to like follow along and like guess like essentially like how the music is playing out and like mm-hmm. when and when you know essentially in music you like you'll find like you know the idea would be like you guess the pattern like you know you're able to follow it easily and so, so you're, sh- so that again is you're sharing the experience, like you're connecting with the artist and, you know, that, uh, releases dopamine and activates reward systems. So, mm. so, so in any case, so the emotional connection is, and sort of the common experience, uh, is how we like or, or why we like music, or at least that's the theory. So it's and all about a dopamine. It's all about everything. Yes. (laughs) Anyway. So. It's all about a D. Yeah. So what makes one good at music? So what would make someone good at music? Does that Someone have musical talent, I guess. Well, based on your theory, uh, being predictable. (laughs) What do you mean? Uh, Well. Being predictable? Well, you've heard of the notion of something being catchy, right, Joe? Yeah. So, I mean, the, so coming up with, so, I mean, I think certainly like, you know, there are types of music that like are like a little bit different, right? Like metal, like, like, you know, like, you know, hell didn't choose, you know, me or, you know, I, I didn't choose hell. Hell chose me, you know, and it's sort of like, like, I think that's like, conveying like ang obviously like it's like maybe targeted at more of like an angrier audience or mm. you know something like that so that's i mean that's a way but i mean i think music for a lot of like i mean pop music right like it's like it's catchy rips that's what people talk about right mm. so i mean so that i think those types of patterns like are going to be easy to follow and convey, you know, maybe more of like an upbeat, like, so patterns that are easy to follow and conveying like maybe some of the more common and less extreme emotions. Mm-hmm. So sort mm-hmm. of like I'm happy or I'm relaxed or I'm, you know, like, or I'm sad, but like, you know, but it, it's done in like a, like a, a consumable pattern. Right. So that would be like, I guess what would be catchy. Right. Mm. So, cause like, so when I sort of set out like on like, Oh, how do I like get good at singing? I mean, the advice is relatively straightforward. Right. So Sing I mean, more. well, yes, I mean, that essentially is it, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, basically what does it mean to be like catchy or like be in tune or things like that? I mean, literally it's just, you know, music is being played like 
at a certain pitch, right? Mm-hmm. And pitch can help to dictate like the emotion behind the music. I mean, obviously there's things like pacing and loudness that, and, you know, things like that can help contribute to like the emotional content. But one of the biggest things is singing in tune, which means matching the pitch of what's being played. Mm. So like when I downloaded like help me sing apps, like basically all of them are like started with just like, Hey, do you hear the difference between these pitches? Mm. Mm. Like, is this pitch higher or lower? Is this pitch going up or down? And it's like, you know, and basically like as you progress in like lessons, it's like, oh, these pitches are getting much closer to each other or these pitches, you know, like the movement of the pitch or, you know, like the up and down movement of the pitch is more subtle. Hmm. Like, and can you hear that? And it's like, I'm not tone, like, I'm not like technically tone deaf. So it's like, I can hear it. Like, you know, it's like, I can't hear, but it requires like a, fair amount of effort <laughs> like when you first get going to hear like the like particularly as the pitches get close like is this pitch higher or lower it's like eh, like let me listen to it like four times and then it's like i think it's higher and you know yeah so so uh, so that is one aspect like can you literally hear the difference like or can you hear the pitch can you hear how the pitch is changing and and basically uh like I mean, people who may be more like gifted at music, like just naturally or have begin music earlier in life probably can pick up on that much easier than someone who's like later in life and trying to learn how to sing or, you know, follow music, Mm. you know, because I mean, it's just like if you hear like, like, I think at least in my theory, like, um, like, I think when it comes to like consuming like emotional content, like if uh, I think you don't need super, super fine, like granularity when it, like you can sort of say like, Oh, this person's voice is like very high pitched, you know, or something. And like, you know, maybe they're like a little bit nervous or, or like this person's voice is maybe like lower pitched and they're upset, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have some so, example? What do you What do you mean? Like most scenario, I guess. Like when you use it in improv, right? Right. Well, what? Uh, so I mean, I guess. Uh, so, are you saying like the emotion? Yeah, or... kind of. I mean, I mean overall, right? Like, what the the point you are making right now? Yeah. So, so I guess I'm saying like, so I guess the point I'm making is that your theory, right? Your theory of, uh, so I think if you're a singer, mm-hmm. you can probably appreciate like a much finer gradation of pitch. Okay. And follow along with changing pitches that are very close to each other, which can help you sing, you know, which can help your, you match those pitches. If you're not well, like, or not like well practiced in like singing and, or like, you know, you don't super actively, um, super actively listen to music. So if you're not a musician. So like, is that, are, are you, are you getting better at singing now? 
you think? I, I'm getting better at picking up on things. Like, so how 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 were you singing before you like learning about the the pitch thing? Like match the pitch, the tune to the music. So like, you can you, well like can you give can you give me an example on like what happens when you don't do that, and then we example that you do when you do that. So sure, I mean, so I mean, one of the big things, like, so when people are like every, so think of a basic song. You have like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Like, no, just just do oh, say can you see? Just use the national anthem. She's tired of you rambling, Mike. He's trying to get you to sing. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, okay, uh, but like, I just, just want, I, I just want something concrete, right? It's hard for me to follow what you are talking, like just abstract, talking about abstract ideas. Well, so the national anthem doesn't like, does not have a chorus, right? But like, I'm trying to. What's a famous song? So, like, what's a song you guys know? My heart will go on. All right, my heart will go on. Uh. Does that? I I don't know it. Oh, they need to. I love you tomorrow. Tomorrow, I love you. Something like that. <laughs> okay, totally. it's one of the songs I learned while I was I, I was I was actually in beginner choir in in uh in high school. Oh, is okay. So the uh, first Annie, year, I don't know right? why. Oh, I I try to improve my English, so I don't know, maybe beginner choir is good. So that's one of the songs like I love you tomorrow or something like that. And then also I learned that like, oh, my heart will go on, and then something else. Okay. Hallelujah, so so the Annie song, right? So the Annie song, like tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're only a day away, right? Like oh, that, okay. like that's the chorus you return to, right? Ah, okay. Like so, that is repeated throughout the song at different time points, correct? Yeah. So, like, there are verses that I'm less familiar with that, like, may only appear once in the song, mm. right? Yeah. So yeah. So the music accompanying the verse and the music accompanying the chorus are going to be different. Okay. Yes. So the timing and pitch of those like distinct part of the songs are different. Yes. So if you're able to recognize the pitch of the music, mm. like. You, so this is important in improv, and this is something I blow at in improv. Mm-hmm. Is like you know, like you need to be able to like fall, like oh, okay, like this is the music, like this is the pitch of the music happening during a verse, and this is like in the timing of that, like so it's like so I need to be able to match my voice to the pitch mm-hmm. for the verse. And I need to be able to time myself so the length of the music during the verse, a comfort like it goes well with what I say or what I sing. Mm-hmm. But the so then when the pitch changes to the like so to the or you know the music changes so the pitch and everything is changing to a chorus like you then go into the chorus you establish at a sort of the outset like an improv it's often at the outset of the song uh stupid question i thought uh, improv you don't play music right you don't really play like music music you did there's no like song like background music right oh no there is oh no it is so you you need to match your 
Yes, there is a musician who will begin playing music. So that is, and you know, so I mean, uh, there. So that's when you break into sounds. Yes. So basically, I just don't remember that part. Okay. So for improv, you know, you really only need the basics, right? Like, because you don't need to worry about the tone of your voice sounding professional. No one really cares. But if you can match the pitch of the notes, right? So you're not just singing random sounds, but you're like in tune with the, you know, guitar or piano or whatever. Then for most people, that's like good enough. Now you can layer your funny line on top of that. Exactly. Your voice can suck. It's just more about matching the pacing of the music and getting, yes, and getting the pitch. So it's just not like random. Yeah. Just like random noises. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, so I mean, I mean, in realistically, I mean, it's more about having, and this, so this is, so part of learning to sing is recognizing pitch. And that is honestly probably going to be more important if you want to be a good singer. So Mm -hmm. you can like recognize is my voice like, you know, changing with the music. But in improv, it's more about maybe even having just like a, like assuming the musician is doing something simple and keeping the music at pretty like, uh, like stable pacing and pretty like stable pitch. Like it's more about just like, can I sing at the same pitch? <laughs> like, so I'm going to ask a question. You yes. keep like, you wouldn't sing at the same, every note that goes up or down has a different pitch, right? The pitch is like the frequency of the note. So it's not right. like there's going to be no music where you sing at one pitch because right. the notes are good. Every note's going to be different generally, most of them, right? Is it just sure. a, maybe it's just a wording thing. I'm just double checking, right? We're, right. we're okay. the same conversation. I, I guess it, I should say like you can, you can move in like a small area, right? Uh, so like, so like, it's not going to be like, you know, like Mariah Carey or someone who was known to be able to go from like super low to super high to like, like basically what I, I guess when I say stable pitch, it's like, I can sort of just sing, like I can sort of sing in this little range, right? I'm not going to like, I'm not going to go from like, like I'm not going to go full musical theater and just like, you know, like belt out like certain notes and then like bring it low and be like, you know mm. uh like super like uh like i don't know what is a tenor or something that's like the sings on the low end of the scale mm. so um basically it's just like you need to be able to like work in that like a small range i guess assuming mm. the musician keeps things simple mm-hmm. so um so and that so that is the other part of these music apps is like basically like they first try to identify, like, they're like, sing something you know, and they try to, like, identify your key, which is, like, the range of pitches you should be singing in. Mm. So, um, and basically, like, they're like, all right, just try to, like, keep the same, like, sing and keep the same pitch. And then, like, bring it, like, a little lower and a little higher. And Mm. just, like, see if you can just, like, sustain pitches. That way it's like if you're singing, if like, you know, you start somewhere and the music, like you you start singing and you notice the music's like pitch going like lower, then you can go a little lower. Or if you notice it going higher, you can go a little higher. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like basically like, you know, you sing well, you know, like, or you sing, you know, and just follow like the relative pitch of the, 
you know, the music. Mm-hmm. So from what I've found, my ability to sustain the same pitch is fucking zero. Like, really? I thought yeah. that would be the easy part. It for me, I I don't know. Like I like I'm still. I mean, working. I've never sung though, so you know. Yeah. Like. So like I I don't know. Like on these apps, it's just like you sort of see like okay, I started here and then like I drop down and then it's like I'm above it and then so it's very hard for me to like sustain a pitch. So, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That yeah. like interesting if if it plays a pitch i imagine if it plays a pitch you can match to it fine like you could sing and keep it but just on your own it's hard to keep it stable yeah so yeah so i mean it so the way these apps work it will often like play the pitch and then like you sort of take over and try to like sustain it so it's like yeah i guess uh i need a like i mean my like jake who's been on the podcast like he's the musician at the theater so I need to work with him, like, cause he, like, mm. you know, but he, uh, like, if with him having background music, I imagine it might be easier, but I honestly, I honestly don't know because like I, like I sort of referenced earlier, like when you, like when I was learning a foreign language, my sort of default thing was basically like, uh, this is what I want to say in English. Like, let me translate, like, line by line. And then, you know, here's my output in Spanish. Like, with me, and it makes it very hard to have conversation, like, flowing conversations when you do it like that. So, I mean, I feel like I I can do the same thing with music, right? Like, this is my, you know, what I want to say. And this is, like, now I'm encoding it in you know, this, like, you know, in the pitches that, you know, it should be in, uh, you know, with the timing that it should be in. And then by the time I get to actually, you know, voicing it, like, I'm behind the music. Like, I'm just totally, like, the timing is totally off because of that, like, extra step of, like, encoding it in the pitches and timing that it should be in to match the music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I do think it's just more of a question of, like, it becoming like second nature to like sort of do that encoding. Yeah. Mm. So to just match your singing to the background music, basically like just, yeah. If you can do that really quick, then yeah. Yeah. What's an app you're using? Um, Help me sing better. No, 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 no. no. I mean, that was just my (laughs) uh, category of apps. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, let me just see. I don't even know there's apps that can help you sing better. That's cool. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. Yeah, I didn't know they had them, but voice you know, plus voice plus. voice plus. Yeah, we've talked about this before, but like for learning, feedback is really important. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's that phrase like the hands can never surpass the eyes, and that like what you do can't surpass like what you can see in terms of if you've done it right or wrong. So it makes a lot of sense, like focusing first on being able to hear pitch as good as possible. Cause if you can tell, like if you get to the point where you can hear pitch really well and you can just tell, Oh, I'm a little low that you'll, your brain, you'll get very natural at just adjusting. Like if you can tell you're off and which way you're off, Mm -hmm. you'll just, your brain will automatically have you adjust to fix it. Right. Cause if you play like, if you play a note, like half a note 
less than something. Well, it's pretty grading, right? But like, you got to be able to like, at least recognize which direction it is to be able to, you know, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they very much recommend like, at least in the beginning to like actually record yourself because obviously like that will help. Like, I mean, I guess that will help if you're in my situation where it's like in real time, it's like, there's so like so much, like you're doing so much thinking just to produce the sound that you're not going to be able to hear, like hear it in real time. But if you're able to hear it after the fact, then you're like, all right, I was like clearly high there, clearly low or, you know, clearly all over the place. Like, so it's, uh, you know, basically you can make the adjustment and then like when you he- start hearing yourself, uh, it retrospectively, like, oh, I'm getting pretty good. Then that may, you know, you may be in a place where it's like, okay, I can begin to list, like, listen more, like in real time. So, so. Yeah, because I, I honestly feel like that that is my biggest issue with this is like, is I, like basically I'm thinking about what to say. Like I'm in my head rather than being like, what rather than listening to the music and that, you know, because uh, like basically I consume the music, go into my head. And by the time I'm like singing, the music has moved on. So I feel like... You have to be in your head for the improv part, right? Like if you're going to, you can't just come up with clever lines, like free form. I assume, like, I feel like you need to be kind of. So, uh, so that is a discussion. Like a lot of people, like, so uh, some of, there are some people at the theater who really hate, like who can sing, like, and can do the musical stuff and are musical. Like they follow the music, but Uh what they like, like what they say is not, as well matched in a song well no 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 no. like their singing is good but like what they say is not necessarily as um uh, what's the word i want to use here like i mean censored is well i mean in some cases it is censored like they'll come out like they'll say something horrible that they would have otherwise censored because they're just like trying to follow the music like they're just spitting whatever comes out basically Mm -hmm. um but uh, I, I, I curated, I guess, would be the word. Like, you know, what they're saying isn't necessarily as well curated as like it otherwise would be if they were just speaking. Because yes, they're like immer- they're just be like they're just singing. And you're constrained. You're out. constrained, right? Your your word choices are constrained, limited, because yeah. all you had to sing it. So yeah, I mean, I I think sort of like as what Matt was getting at, like the cleverness is limited. Like so, like what you're actually like, like the content. Like so, this is uh, you know, this is I guess uh, your vocabularies are limited in a way. Yeah, so I mean, I think there is definitely a trade-off between content and you know, like singing. Because, or, or at least in, until you're like really, really solid at, uh, you know, at, at like consuming the music and putting it out. Because, like, mm-hmm. um, like I think, yeah, like I mean, obviously, like the the areas for speech production overlap heavily with musical production, and I, I think uh, the areas that like are uh, for. I keep using the word consume. It may not be right, but like the word, like the areas that are uh, for consuming sort of like the music um, uh, are, are going to overlap heavily with like sort of speech understanding. 
um, as well. So I think that, uh, you mean processing, like consuming is more like processing the music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so, so the processing areas are overlapping heavily. So, I mean, I, it's literally like you only, you like, you only have cer- a certain amount of resources to mm. output what you say. So it can be very hard to be like as clever or as like, I, I guess it's hard for the content to be as good when you're singing as when you're just talking. Mm. So, so until you master, you know, not master until you make basic singing natural and so yes. you don't have to think about it. exactly. Yeah. So, yes. So that is, uh, basically where I'm at in the process is I'm trying to match tone and get better about pacing because mm. And, and I'm trying to like, also, I guess another piece of it, right, is to make it as simple as possible. Cause like, if you're rapping, for example, uh, the inclination is basically you want to rhyme, like, you know, because mm. that, you know, basically rap, uh, uh, rapping is notorious for like, you know, you want to hit rhymes. So, mm. uh, so like basically allowing yourself not to rhyme is like an important piece, right? Like, uh, so again, like simplifying content, because if you try to rhyme, if you try to have good content, if, and if you're trying to follow the music, it's just going to be a disaster. So, I mean, if, if you like singing and rapping, like oftentimes, like, I feel like I will like part of my issue on stage is I will still like, because I pride myself on content, like that's, I like my witty stuff. So it's like, I, I will often try to keep the content and that will mean like my music, like, like I look like an ass just like with like follow it, like, cause my musical, like I'm not following the music at all. Mm. So it's like, do you have an example of that? (laughs) We need to upload videos of your improv performance. Yeah. Did you, yeah. Did you, can can you think about occasion that you were doing that? Well, I mean, like I think the, the content and then like, destroying the like the last show I was in, it was like mm. they like they called like I had a rap battle someone, and it was oh. like you know, and it was just like I uh, I think like you get the first two lines in, and it's like okay, I like did it. What was the, what's the topic of the what's the scenario? So the it battle. Was, it was actually a scene about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Oh, perfect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, could, that, that should be our main topic. Everybody was crazy about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, so, I mean, like, you get a couple lines into the rap battle and it just goes off the rails. Like, now, you, what's, uh, what was, so, okay, how, how did it start? Give me the full picture. Well, so I believe the scene started with Amber Heard defecating on, uh, on oh, a bed. Oh, defec- oh, defecating. You mean I, oh, pooping? Yes. <laughs> what the heck? Why? Who came that out? came that? out in the trial. Oh, really? Oh, I, yeah. did, I, 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 I didn't, I did not follow the trial, so I didn't know anything about it. You guys following it? Not really. I mean, I, but my, yeah. my follow you more. I mean, I followed it to the point that I heard that, but so I mean, you, you, yeah. I mean, like I didn't watch any of it. But Wait, how I mean, how did it come out? What what do you mean? Like, how did that come out? Everything came out. I mean, literally. Yeah, entire... but, but I know, no, but how how what's what's the like what's the context on the trial? And like, why did that come out? And like, why 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 didn't they talk about that in the trial? 
wasn't a contact in the trial. And they talk about that. What I think it was just they talked about like how like toxic and irrational behavior, like uh, like both of them had. So there was you know talk about drug use. There was talk about like pooping in beds. There was really? like what? Yeah. Johnny Depp or Amber Heard? I believe Amber Heard. So, really? Yeah. That's, whoa, that's uh. Yeah. So there. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, I mean, but that's, so, that's from John, Johnny Depp is claiming that she does that. Is that what saying? Maybe. I don't know. I maybe, maybe it was part of the video. I, I have no idea. I mean, there was lots of, like, there was lots, like, clearly juicy were, stuff. Yes. I mean, that, the trial, yes, the trial had a lot of juicy stuff in it. So, okay. But, All right, go ahead. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, that, so that, I guess, so I will generally, I have a problem letting the content go, right? Oh, like, or the content piece of it to go. So. Yeah. So, so going back to the scene, I guess the scene is the started with like uh, Amber Heard defecating or something. Yeah. Then what happened? So I mean, so Amber Heard defecated on a bed, and uh, then Johnny Depp said like something to the effect of like, "What are you doing? Like, I have an audition. I have an audition." And then she abuses him. As she what do you mean abuses him? <laughs> Like, I think she, like, mangled his fingers or something. Really? He's nest, she's Nestron? Yeah, well, I mean, like, again, this is not based necessarily fully on reality. But, like, <laughs> yeah. okay, you know, yeah. so basically... But, I mean, yeah. it was, I'm assuming that was part of the trial, and he was claiming that she had done it to him, right? Abuse him. Well, well yeah, no, I mean, there were, there were definitely, I mean, both of them, I believe, had accusations of like gotcha, gotcha. physical and verbal abuse. Okay, okay. Going, going back in the scene, I went, then what's, what's next? I mean, that, I mean, it was, it was like a two minute scene. It was a repeat scene. So yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so basically like every time, like we had to repeat it, like, so basically, I mean, it was like I said, it was a very quick scene where it was like basically, you know, she started up, like Amber Heard started off pooping. Then the, uh, you know, then like she, like Johnny Depp came in and was like, hey, what are you doing? You're ruining the stuff, like, you know, for my audition. And, mm-hmm. you know, then she did cocaine and abused him. And every mm-hmm. time we had to repeat it in like a different style or with a different type of challenge on it. So what's the rap battle about her? What's the, what do you mean? Where, where does the rap battle come in from this scene? So it's a repeat. So, uh, so it's a repeat scene. So, like, basically, that means we did that. The first scene was done just as a regular scene with two people talking. Mm. Then okay. the repeat is you need to repeat it, but as a rap battle. So, literally, uh, like, the lights go down and, like, J- uh, Jake, the musician, like, starts playing a beat. Uh-huh. And you need a rap battle the entire scene. So, how do you need? So, well, can you do the rap battle then? Like, well, I mean, I, I like I, I want to hear, hear the rap. <laughs> well, it was like uh, the only so I mean, I like I say, I was most proud of uh, um, like I'm most proud of content, but um, so I'm trying to remember because like so like I say, usually I can start raps off okay. All right. Uh, yeah. But, I mean the content, then you can wrap it. Well, yeah, no, but I. Well, what do you mean? I mean the content was the same. Like okay, the lights okay, come no, up. Okay, ten, I, 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 so so tell me to wrap. I, I I guess I want 
I still don't really quite understand how the wrap work, wrapping works in this scenario. What? Oh, because like literally, so, okay. So in the initial scene, right? Amber Heard would say like, Amber Heard would be taking a dump on the bed. And, like, the person acting as Johnny Depp would come in and say, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're ruining my, like, you know, you're Mm -hmm. ruining, you know, my, like, all the, you you know, you're ruining my script script for the audition. I'm supposed to be there. Like, what are you doing? And she would, you know, like, she would do a line of coke, you know, like, off Mm -hmm. her finger and, you know, like, and she would say, oh, shut up. Like, you know, like, get away from me, you know, and. Like he would say, Amber, I can't take it anymore. And she, and she would come back and say, uh, and she would come back and say, listen, you know, you know, listen, you're my little bitch. Like, I don't care about your audition. And she would like mangle his fingers or something. Right. Mm. So the rapping, like literally all of that, what was just said would now be in a rap. Gotcha. So like literally the two actors would need a rap battle. What just happened? Okay. Can you rap your partner? So Yeah, well no. I mean like I say, like I think the lights came up and uh like you know and like like I, I was Amber Heard in the scene. So it's <laughs> like, you know, so basically I think I started like, you know, like look here Johnny, here, here I uh, what did I say? Or it was like Look here, Johnny. I'm about to take a shit. I, I like seeing you pitch a fit or something like that. Like that was, okay. I think, how I started the scene. But how so. did that? But you still don't, don't. I still don't get it. How do you? You say you have a content, right? And then the rap kind of messed up your content, right? You want to keep your witty lines, but somehow the rap kind of when you try to rap, you kind of messed up your line, right? Yeah. 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 So you're trying to like simultaneously keep content, rhyme, and follow music. Well, so what was the original content that you was gonna try to do, and how what's the revised version that came out? So, like, I mean, I think uh, so. I don't know that it was necessarily in this particular. So, like, I was not in the bass scene, right? Mm-hmm. I was just, I was just in the repeated rap battle version okay. of the scene, mm-hmm. but um. Like there, I guess when I think about like raps that I've screwed up badly, it's more like, uh, I, I, I think I get thrown when I miss a rhyme. Mm-hmm. So like, so like, for example, like we were doing a, uh, we were doing a show where we got stories from the audience mm-hmm. and, uh, like this woman like had a husband who was like seemed to be a saint because she was very obnoxious mm-hmm. and like uh uh so i wanted to start the like the rap that i had to do like being uh, by saying something uh, like to the effect of like something to the effect of like uh, because it was a rap battle again, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like basically like, you know, I see it there, uh, like, uh, um, I see it. Well, I want you to just sit there staring, you know, because you seem to be pretty overbearing. Mm. 
And, yeah. uh, and basically I fucked up the rhyme, like, you know, like I sort of like the content was like, you know, just sit back because you're a total bitch. Uh. And like, so like, it basically like, I think I sort of like in the first line, I sort of started like, I see, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, I didn't end on staring. Like, mm. you know, like I, so because I was so focused on the music, I like didn't end on staring. So then like overbearing didn't work. Uh. So it was like, and then I'm just like, and then because I'm not used to like following music or anything else, I just unravel. Because I'm like, I like, I just need to be able to hit my rhymes and like, you know, I need to be able to hit my pre-planned shit or I just like, then everything goes out the window. So So how did you, how how did you deal with situation when you're on level on stage? You just deal with it. Like how? (laughs) I mean, you do the best you can and you laugh it off. (laughs) (laughs) Now, were you nice? Were you stuck or were you nice? Did you go blank and did you and I just like just no no no, uh, no at, at that point like like the end of the Johnny Depp scene like by the end of the Johnny Depp scene I was beginning to get to the point where I had like missed a rhyme and you know because like rap battles can go on for a while so it was like I can't even remember what I ended on but it was like the MC literally was like he, David loves when I rap because he's like a legitimately good rapper but like he you know so he enjoys like me stumbling through it. Like, you know, because when I get to the end, it's like I sort of stumble through it. But, you know, I mean, you still produce something that makes some semblance of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, basically when I rap, I if I can get like two or three good lines in and hit two or three rhymes, I'm happy. Mm. So. Okay. So, so why are you making sense? This is your, your try, journey trying to make it main stage right yes yes why are you making it hopefully soon i mean i like i i i mean i'll never be there like i say there are a handful of people at the theater who are like legitimately very very good at music Mm -hmm. and it's like like i bring something different (laughs) so look i've seen whose line it is is it anyway right you know they don't have to be great singers they just have to be okay and say funny lines and that's what people are looking for in improv right yeah Yeah. so yes so i mean i i bring the wit or i try to anyway so i think i mean i think that's the more important part for what you're doing yeah so yeah but i yeah but i just want to be passively good at like musical games so Oh, that is what I, that's very photogenic. But like, the cat literally, like, she didn't even move. She's like, she's, that's. He, my cat is a, this cat is a boy for all uh, the listeners who don't watch. Do we even put videos up anymore? No. Uh, sorry, video listeners. You can't see what happened was my cat settled down on the cat tree behind my desk and it's just oh. chilling. Oh, he was very good about being like that was a perfect picture. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, <laughs> yes. So anyway, that's that's my journey in music. It's <laughs> exciting. Hey, yeah. you know, new thing, new chapter of your life, new skill, right? Yeah. No, I mean that's fair. It's you're always looking to grow in different ways. So. 
someday I'll get a muscle. I'll be able to do a strict muscle up and I'll be able to sing better than I was able to sing the day before. Can you do a non-strict muscle up? <laughs> no, can I, I do a strict. You cannot do a strict mus- muscle up. Oh, you can. Oh, okay. I no. mean, a strict muscle up super hard. Yeah. yeah. No, can you, I, can you, can you can at least do a strict pull up, right? Oh, yeah. no, I'm back to I'm back to better. Yeah, I can do mm. ten strict pull ups now in a row. All right. So, Damn. Yeah, so, Damn. Yeah. I just yeah. I mean, my co- muscle coordination is still utter garbage for bar related movements like cleans and stuff, but. Mm. I'm pretty comfortable on a pull-up bar now. And I can do a toes-to-bar, which I was very proud of myself for. So. Mm. Yeah, is that like the app, like lift your legs? While yeah. You're... yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so, yeah. You're just swinging your legs up and touching the bar. Yeah. Well, hold on. Do you do a strict toes-to-bar or uh, dynamic swinging toes-to-bar? A, a, a kipping, yes. A kipping toes-to-bar, <laughs> yes. So... Also, I want to see a strict clean and jerk. None of this throwing the bar up. Just, you know, slow <laughs> control. See, well, no, that's the issue I have. Is like, like everyone at CrossFit, right? Like they're all like very good about dynamic movement and can outlift me by a hundred pounds at least. And, you know, but it's like, like I do, like literally like I did a uh, like power clean the other day and it was basically just a muscle clean. Like I was just like, like, cause I feel like I can get in my head about like, uh, it's very, okay, this is how it came up in my mind. Like, it's very similar to singing and like singing, I need to like engage a lot of cognitive power to like, you know, process the music and, you know, process what I'm outputting. Mm-hmm. So for compound movements, I feel like when I'm really being really attentive to my form, I can get in my head so much that it's just like, I just do like a strict, like basically like a strict press or like a strict clean. Like, it's just like, it's not like I'm not using the dynamics nearly as well as I should be. So because literally like I had, I kept the weight light. Like it was 115 pound power clean. It was not heavy. And I literally just like muscled it up. Like, and I was mm. just like, I like li- had no hip hop there. Like, mm. like it was just like a strict, uh, like muscle clean. And I was like, I just need to get out of my head. So, and mm. so, yeah. So, but cool. someday, someday. I will be good. someday I will be out of my head. You'll be able to sing while cleaning bars with, you know, <laughs> at least 150 pounds, maybe 200. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Yeah. No, I mean, there's uh, like, I mean, a 200 pounds, like anything overhead that, or any, like, I mean, any kind of clean even that's like 200 pounds is pretty intense. That's fair that's, enough. That's, yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> so is there anything else? From yours all end. I think, yours all end. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's one topic, but I think I'm gonna talk about it next time. Okay. Since all you right. since, since you guys mentioned, oh, we did not learn anything about the world, so I put in something a uh, startup idea. Uh, so I think we, we can save it for next time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Shoot. I think we we got the hot investment opportunities. Yeah, we have gone pretty long enough today, so. Yeah. All right. Wow. Right, let's end here. I think we still have a lot of things to talk about anyway. I mean, after this. Sounds good. We'll see you next time. Junto Club.